and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And I have a question for you. Yeah. So we've been watching The Nanny a lot. We've mostly been watching it on DVD for the podcast, but we've also occasionally caught episodes on Cozy, Cozy TV, the TV network, um, because they tend to air it on weeknights. And the subtitles on Cozy are slightly different for the opening titles than the DVDs are. Because the DVDs, the, the caption on the opening title sequence, the, the lyrics, says, who would have guessed that the girl we described is just exactly what the doctor prescribed. But on Cozy TV, it says, who would have guessed that the bow we described. Does it? It does. Uh, I uh, noticed that. I always wonder which one is the right one. Because I want to believe that uh, Shout Factory have done due diligence and have very carefully gone through and either checked the original lyrics or um, have very carefully listened to it over and over and over again until the, the words have physically, tangibly lost all meaning and sense. And we know Cozy doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So what are, the, what are the lyrics? What are the official lyrics to the opening title sequence? I can look that up. I'm pretty sure it's the girl we described. I don't, like, I haven't even noticed that. And, like, we have the subtitles on for me, and I haven't noticed that when they, when they do that. I have definitely um, noticed it. I have noticed that Cozy TV has a lot of uh, just... Uh, mistakes and will sometimes just blank out on uh, subtitles. This is a weird start. <laughs> it just, it just, it's, it was on my mind as we were sitting down to record, and I thought, wouldn't this make an interesting uh, opening waffle? And the answer is no. Let, let us know. Let us know. I'm gonna get. I'm... Are you looking it up? Yeah. The official lyrics. Yeah, everything I'm saying is uh, the girl. Interesting. The... So cozy got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, was that in question that they would have got it wrong? You know what? You're right. Because uh, we... also, like, what what do you hear? Which version do you hear? I can't tell. I genuinely can't tell. I thought it might be bow. But that doesn't make any like. What's a? What do you mean a bow? B e a u. Yeah, that's a. Isn't that typically like a like a like a guy? I don't think I don't think it's gendered. But I've more heard, I've more commonly heard it used to to as a to describe a, a woman. No, it's a boyfriend or male advi- admirer. Oh well, it's then specifically a male word. Well, then I'm wrong. Yeah, and so cozy is because I've only ever heard like women describe of like oh I have a bow. So so new question: Who do we email at cozy to get them to fix it forever? Nobody. Because, I mean, this is fixable, right? UK Gold and Dave were showing the wrong version of the Red Dwarf episode Marooned for over 20 years, and they only fixed it last year or the year before. They they had the remastered version in rotation. Oh, oh, I, I know what I know what they're talking about. Go on. Um, they mean Bo from Animal Crossing. Oh, that makes sense. The uh, the deer, right? Yeah, and uh, so on Cozy TV, uh, they couldn't actually get the rights to Fran Drescher, so uh, whenever she's there, just replace they the just deer. replace her. They also have, like a weird cross promotion with Animal Crossing. Uh, and Is that that's... why all of the episodes are actually just recreations in Animal Crossing? Yeah. Wow. Is that why Mr. Sheffield's house looks like the museum? <laughs> I haven't been watching the nanny at all. I've just been playing. You're playing Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. I can't believe that we've we've fallen into this this elaborate scam. But we are a podcast about the nanny. We watch the '90s sitcom The Nanny. Yes, and ep- get real real into its subtitles. Well, we've watched a lot of stuff that has weird subtitles. We were watching. Um, 
was it a two? Was that 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 wedding show? That British wedding show on IMDb TV where they pit- oh the one where they were repeatedly like oh this is entirely unintelligible. They just say and- unintelligible, and it's not unintelligible. It is telligible. <laughs> I can I telligibled it, but only because because y'all don't speak right. We have. Excuse me. <laughs> y'all don't speak. Y'all right. don't speak right. Y'all, y'all do. Yaint. Yaint of. Yaint. This is a good start to the episode. So we, we watched the nanny, and this week we watched uh, season one, episode twenty-one, which I think was called Franny's Choice. Yes. How did I memorize that? And it's also season one, episode 21, if you're watching on HBO Max, with its wacky episode order. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about this one. So uh, this is not the season finale. It feels a lot like a season finale. Yeah, it has very season finale vibes. Um, and uh, again, with the HBO Max, it is the same episode. If you're watching on DVD, uh, this is the penultimate episode of the first season. If you're watching on HBO Max, there's two more episodes after this very clearly a season finale yeah. uh, type thing. That's very strange. I mean, I, th- I feel like this was like written and recorded with the intent of being a season finale uh especially with the button on the very end of the like over the end credits yeah there's a lot of stuff throughout where they're really like hammering in on like the first episode this was the first episode we're having the theme song play after and the theme song being a reminder of the the first 15 minutes of the first episode like oh this is actually useful if you're not watching this show regularly uh this is the one time that it is actually very useful to have i will say something that is interesting between this episode and the next episode which is season one episode 22 i don't remember mama Freddy's choice aired on april 27th 1994 Day after my eighth birthday, we went to Laser Quest. We had did tag. It was pretty cool. The next episode airs uh, more than two weeks later, in mid May, and then there is a gap until mid September. So I feel like I feel like episode twenty two was a holdover, maybe, or maybe yeah. they had they hadn't finished editing it or something because that's a big gap. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was something like. In a scheduling slot. I mean, I I also don't know, like, when they were making these episodes. Whether it was, like, a holdover from season one. It was like, oh, we're going to just push it to season two. Or maybe even, like, a season two. It was like, oh, we, ha- we have this one. We can go. Yeah. And, like, we, ha- we have a slot for it. Yeah. Although, the next episode, uh, I don't remember Mama being a Mother's Day episode. When is Mother's Day in the US? I can never remember. That's May. So it yeah, makes sense. That would probably be why they held on to it then. Yeah. Um, so this probably should have been... The season finale. Yeah, but they're like, oh, but we have a Mother's Day episode. Let's tie that with Mother's Day. Yeah. And so they've moved things around. It's the great American tradition on Mother's Day. You all sit around the TV and watch whatever sitcom is on right now. <laughs> uh, but we're going to discuss this episode, which is season one, episode 21, Franny's Choice. How does this episode begin? <laughs> I mean, I can do it. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, so uh, everyone's in the kitchen, and everyone has plans, and Fran is sad. The end. <laughs> it's yeah. the whole episode. Uh, it starts off, uh, Fran is fixing uh, Gracie's bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that she's done an extra, she's done a, a wee bit of plastic surgery on this bear, saying yeah. that... I took some of the stuffing out of her stomach, and I put it in her lips. Which we never see this bear. Never they see the very, They very pointedly never show the bear to us. I'm sure because they could not figure out, oh, how do we make a bear look like it has lip injections? I, from a writing perspective, 
I feel like this joke was originally going to be about the bear's boobs or butt. But, yeah. Because yeah. that's easier to do with a prop. Yeah. But I feel like someone at the network said, um, you can't do that. You can't. That's cannot, a child's bear. You cannot give it to any bear don't titties. Do, don't, don't do teddy bear titties. Teddy bear titties. Well, I know. What about, uh, this is just an idea off the top of my head. What about lip injections? Show me a bear with fucking lips, Greg. Yeah, and so they don't. They don't show you the bear. They do show you Gracie, uh, trying, trying desperately to undo the horror that Fran has committed on her bear. She screams like very loudly. Yeah. It's blood curdling, and she continues to scream for the duration of the episode. <laughs> she never stops it, screaming. She's always in the background. She has no dialogue. She just screams. And well, think- even when Fran goes to her mom's apartment, Gracie is screaming you so can- loudly that you can hear it across town. Yeah, you can hear it. The, the establishing shots, you can hear the screams. <laughs> This scream is just harrowing. Like, it stays with you. There are points where I think she stopped, but I could still hear it. I can hear it now. Oh, she, she's never stopped. She's never stopped. She's never stopped. To this day, you can still hear the screams. <laughs> what else happens in this scene, Mandy? Um, Other than the screams. <laughs> so Maggie and Brighton come down, because Maggie's going to uh, go out to see a movie. Brighton is like, take me. Uh, Maggie does not want to. Uh She's heading out, asks Fran what her curfew is. Uh, Fran is like, oh, well, it's later if you take Brighton out. Maxwell is also going out and needs Fran to help him uh, fix something on his suit because he's missing. I think he says he's like... He says he's missing a stud and she says, oh, aren't we all? Ha <laughs> And... Gracie has plans. Yeah. Great. Oh, well, the, Niles comes and he is also, he's going to the Butler meeting. So it's a reference back to it's him cool and Butler's, yep. Butler's Association. Yeehaw. I'm I'm so sad that we didn't get, because there were so, like, there's so many little callbacks just in the scene. Like, yeah. um, Maggie's wearing one of Fran's jackets mm-hmm. to go out. And there's like a lot of little stuff. I was like, oh, this, this could have been a time that we would hear from our friend and Sonic the Hedgehog's best friend. Little Jimmy Marsden. Jim, Jimmy Marsden. And be like, oh, oh, uh, like, what is, what's Jimmy doing? Well, J- Jimmy, J- Jimothy Jones. Marsden. I have to ass- assume, because he's like, Jimmy's a little, like, I think Jimmy was like a, a senior. Uh, mm. So he might be like, he's like, oh, I'm studying for my final exams because I gotta go, I gotta go to college and I gotta go be, I gotta go be X Man. He's gotta go be fast. <laughs> he's gotta be, he's, he's gotta go fast. Yeah. So everyone has plans, including Gracie, who ha- has dinner plans with someone whose name I don't remember, but she says that Fran. Uh, I think she, it's Bernard. Spaghettios with Bernard. Yes, and Fran asks. Well, can I come if I bring my own can? Sorry, our relationship's at that fragile stage. <laughs> Which again, she's seven. Yeah, and it's it's mostly a scene of it's going to show both that Fran is this like integral part to everyone else's lives, like they're all kind of depending on her to go stuff, but also she doesn't really have a full involvement with them because yeah. they're like they pass on, they get what they need from her, and they go. And then there's a knock at the back door. And then there's a knock on the back door, and it is Fran's friend that i always forget the name of val val it's val val uh val is is there um she has brought a movie which was single white female hell yeah have you ever seen the movie single white female i know what it's about with the the shoe in the eye yeah uh and the bunny boiling yes uh with that and a box of slim fast bars uh, so they can have a wild night. Yeah. And Val also got the hot goss. 
Yeah, the Danny Imperiali. Imper- Danny Imperiali, who what dumped Fran and kicked her to the curb and fired her from a job, is single and ready to mingle. Yeah, and is specifically talking a lot about Fran. Yeah, uh, which Fran already knows this from her mom, and I was like, I don't need Danny. I've have this whole life here. The guy dumped me. There isn't anything that you're gonna say or do that's gonna make me want to set foot into that bridal shop. This time, you can dump him. Oh, what time does he open? <laughs> yeah, which 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 is great. It's always good to be to dump the person who dumped you. I've never actually, I haven't, because I don't think I've been dumped. Would you like? I have, because I, I was going to ask you the question of have you ever gone back with an ex? So that's kind of the point of this episode. Yeah. And I realized I'm like, oh, I, I have, but technically I dumped that ex twice. Yeah. Awesome. You got to, you got to do a double dump. Yeah. I did a double dump. Yeah. I have, I have gone back with an ex. I took them to a concert. They drove into LA to go to a concert with me. They were really angry with me all day, and I had no idea why. And then the next morning, as I was working from home, working remotely, uh, they broke up with me while I was also trying to work. And then they texted me and said, Oops, I didn't actually want to break up with you. Let's get back together. And I said, What if we didn't do that? And then I got back together with them about a month or two later. Only to break up with them again. And I think, actually, now I think about it, September 11th. Um, <laughs> um, not the year of. That would, be, no. that would be bonkers. No, this was sometime, this was sometime later. But uh, I broke up with them. I got to do it the second time around. I shouldn't have gone back to them. I'm just really bad at like letting people, like feeling like I'm letting people down. Yeah. But you said that way too quick. <laughs> no. um, but that's probably the only time I've gone back to someone who has broken up with me. And then I got to break up with them again later. So you got to live. So is Fran, is Fran right to chase this bliss? No, fuck no. <laughs> no, it's the worst. Here's the thing. If, you, if you've been dumped by someone and you have outgrown them, but you think, I want to get back together with them just so I can be the person who dumps them. That's not forward progress. That's not growth. Yeah, like, I had that sort of situation where I, uh, someone broke up with them. I ended it because I didn't feel like I was emotionally ready to kind of have this kind of relationship. Mm. And then it was about a year or two, um, and just kind of being friendly and sometimes being a little, like, kind of in between. And part of it was just kind of, there was this in-between thing of, like, oh, you're still kind of doing icky things. And especially if you're, like, seeing other people and they don't know that we're doing, like, that's a, that's a thing. So it's like, okay, let's do it for real. And then it was kind of, like... Oh, I overshot it in the growth where it's like I started. I was like, oh, I don't. I feel like I need to do more grow- growing. And then afterward, be like, oh no, I'm past this. I am past this. I need to leave. I, I shot. I was, it's kind of like when you're playing a video game and you go into a thing. And it's like, oh no, I'm not ready for this. I gotta, I gotta grind some more. I gotta level up. And then you do it too much, and then you go back and you're just one hit killing everything. Yeah. That was those relationships. That's p- perfect. That's what you want. <laughs> And Fran kind of makes that mistake of, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be sexy as shit just to be spiteful, just to show Danny what he missed out on. Which, again, I don't ever recommend doing that. If you, if that is something you are thinking of doing, you have not moved past that relationship and you need you need to do some growth. But she does this. She takes the kids, as one does. She goes yeah. with Val. And so that's another callback to the first episode of her bringing all the kids into this bridal salon and 
kind of showing a difference between them of even the the way that they're interact with mannequins. There's another uh, now Brighton and Maggie are messing with a male ma- mannequin. Yeah. Hey, remember a few episodes ago when Brighton was telling Maggie that she ain't got no tits, Lieutenant Dan? Yeah. Uh, now, now she got to say, you ain't got no dick, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Maggie, look, it's your new boyfriend. And he's got your personality, too. <laughs> and your equipment. He is upset about this, but it's the kind of upset that definitely seems like Hey, that's true, and you're mean to talk about it in a public setting. Yeah, and be like, you, you've learned that in private. Yeah, that, I told you that in confidence. Uh, so Fran is trying to look super sexy as if this is what you missed out. Oh, and she's not just trying, she is sucks. Oh yeah, she looks fucking amazing. Incredible, exquisite, beautiful. And then Danny's like, well, I'm just gonna fucking, I'm gonna kiss you, because you missed me, and let's, let's fuck. Yeah, like, he pretty much immediately calls her on it of she is doing this to, like, yeah. not only show off, but also, like, oh, you still you still kind of want this, which, like, is is gross. Mm. And, like, he does the, like, old kind of, like, problematic thing of, like, grabbing someone and, like, forcing a kiss on them. And she's yeah. even, like, from the beginning, she was like, oh, I don't want you. And then he kisses her. And, like, she's just kind of, like, losing the plot of it, but she'll trying to, like, say, like, oh, I, I don't, but is, like, into it, which is not great and it is not a representation of how reality works but it is an old television and just like film trope that they're playing with of she is here because she's not over this relationship no i'm not coming back here so that i can waste another three years of my life waiting for you not to ask me to marry you all right all right i'm gonna do it right now franny fine will you marry me and so he proposes right then and there yeah, and she says she will think about it. Yes. Um, so she goes to her mother's place and tells her mother she's finally been proposed to. And her mother, whose name is Sylvia, in case you have forgotten. Now <laughs> I am the one. I remember the fictional characters' names. You remember the actors' names. Um, but Sylvia uh, does a little dance of joy and uh, is under the impression that Maxwell is the one who has done the proposing. So who are you marrying? Danny, who do you think? Who do you think? Not Danny. That's I mean, 21 episodes ago. They did say at the beginning of this episode that, like, Fran heard that Danny was single through yeah. her mom. So that kind yeah. of makes sense that, that she would assume that. Because it's yeah. like, oh, well, you're the one giving me the hot goss. And as a continuation of the hot goss, it's like, oh, he's into me. I'm saying I am engaged now. like As opposed to my boss that I have had uh, no signs of intimacy. Yeah, the closest we've ever gotten is uh, we had a kiss at the, at the theater after I told the TV that the play was good, and I got and I saw his dick once. I saw his dick once, and I, I told him I was I, I loved him when I was like doped up on all of the medications. But I also said the same thing to a lamp. So I don't think that really counts. Yeah, um, um, and they do kind of have a moment where they're specifically referencing other like older television shows. Mm. Um, and kind of in the the person they never they never marry the help. The specific one that I remember is the I Dream of Jeannie one. Yeah. She had any commitment at all to that relationship, she would have given up her apartment. It was a bottle. They kept it on top of the mantle. Uh, yeah, it was a really fun scene. I loved the joke of like, finally you're getting you're getting married. Now we can die. And Sylvia telling her husband, you can start smoking cigarettes again. And uh, friends like, oh well, I'm I'm just not sure yet. I'm like, wait, hold on, don't put the cigar down. <laughs> 
It was all very, very good. But yeah, she she t- she says to her mother, you know what? Yeah, I'm probably going to say yes. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of a thing of she's going back and forth of like, well, how do I lo- like how do I leave these kids? How do you stuff? And yeah. it's uh, Sylvia who's kind of like, but it's just yeah. a job. Don't you want to have your own life? And that's the thing that makes Fran decide. Oh yeah, I need my own life. Yeah, um, so I'm going to leave this. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a callback to the cold open. Where she didn't have her own life. Where yeah. she's just been sitting around the house while everyone else goes off to do things. Almost like that scene was serving to kind of reinforce that feeling that Fran has. Yeah. Like that's funny. How, that's how the thing, writing it's, in, yeah. works. It's funny how you kind of, you show instead of you just tell. Yeah. It's weird. But in case, in case anyone missed that cold open, you do tell later. Just oh, in yeah. case. A lot of tell. this is a half yeah. hour show and someone might have missed it in between the commercial yeah. break. So you do some later telling. So we're we're in the kitchen at the uh, Maxwell house, and uh, Niles is crying, and he says it's because he's cutting onions, but we all know it's because he's cutting a fucking big onion. Um, but Fran has just told him that she's leaving, that she's going to accept Danny's marriage proposal, that she's going to get married, and that means she's going to leave. Niles uh, is very upset about this, yeah, and slash uh, or cutting onions. Yeah, uh, Fran offers to, uh, is like, oh, well, we can still... Go out and do things. You can come to Queens. We can go bowling. <laughs> if you don't like bowling, we can play miniature golf. It's better. Niles, very, very enthusiastic about the mini golf. Yeah, he's so excited Such about as it. as he brings it up later of his own free will. Do, do y'all get, do y'all have mini golf? Oh, uh, yeah, we have kind of a crazy mini golf. A crazy mini golf? It's just mini golf, but we call it crazy golf. Why you call it crazy? Because I guess crazy golf is a better like because it's not really like the golf balls are the same size. You've got to put a golf ball through a windmill with a gorilla on top of it. How is that not crazy? Yeah, and it's not. I mean, I guess that I'm just now realizing that the mini part in mini golf is that it's like a like a mini set. Yeah, and there's like a mini like like a mini windmill and stuff. It's- That's the mini part in mini golf. Yeah. Whereas in England, we consider tiny windmills to be crazy. <laughs> windmills are beautiful in all sizes, Benjamin. Yeah. Fran is uh, asking for now a suggestion of where she should hold the engagement dinner. <laughs> she needs two restaurants. And Niles' pitch is, which one has an indoor bathroom? Yeah. Why don't you have it at your favorite little Italian place in the village? Oh, nah. Danny doesn't really like to come into the city. Oh, yes. Manhattan has so little to offer. <laughs> and just kind of your, like, first little hint that the things that they are doing, like, are in different paths. And Fran is kind of settling. But she's just kind of keeping her mind. like, oh, yeah, we don't have a lot in common, but we can work on that later. Yeah, I will fix that after we're married. Yeah, which Niles immediately calls her out on. Yeah. Good thinking. Men are so easy to change. <laughs> uh, this is also, I think, the first sign of... It's not just that they're incompatible. It's also Danny, who is already like a cheater and a piece of shit, uh, not willing to compromise on how he lives mm. for Fran's preferences, which doesn't bode well for the possibility of her getting to see the kids later. Niles does tell Fran, you do have to tell Chester Merfield. And then there's a like a PowerPoint transition. So I- it was such it was like I don't know whether we've had one of these. Like it was so jarring that I thought we were going into a flashback. And it took me a minute to realize, wait, no, this is new this, this is, is a new scene. Yeah. Um it just it felt like a flat like it felt like the the cheap transition that you were using it was like an, like in a clip Star Wars or Star Wars movie. Like, yeah. It's just 
whoop, here we are, we're in the office. It's like, it's literally one of those things where it's like the, uh, the scene becomes a little frame and it's just the rectangle like swooshes around. Yeah. And then it's the new frame. Yeah, all of those fancy transitions in PowerPoint that you got with the uh, PowerPoint extra expansion pack. Yeah, they're like, we would always get yelled at by our elementary school teachers. Like, don't you dare use any of this goddamn... Well, you can use you can use one. You can use the quick ones. The one where it types out every word, we ain't doing that one. So you did it every time just to stick it to the... Oh, no, you, you just like, you will... You, I will fail it immediately. You oh, get wow. Oh, that te- that's a bad teacher. <laughs> the reason is because kids would specifically use it to because you'd have to have a presentation for a certain amount of time. It used mm. to fill out the time. Oh, Because well. it's so slow that it fills out the time. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, no, I will fail you if you use this. Wow. We never did PowerPoint classes at school. I did Excel classes. Yeah. I know Excel how- classes would have... I mean, we didn't have, like, a PowerPoint class. It was mm. just, like, we would have as a presentation as mm. to, like, oh, we go into the computer room and, like, we have our book report and it will be on a PowerPoint. See, this is the age difference. We we did go to the computer room, but we did not have to do a presentation. But we did do a Doom LAN party. So <laughs> that was fun. And our, our, our IT teacher helped set that up. So I forget his name. I think it was something like Mr. Easy. You were allowed to play Doom? Yeah. I, I mean, guess that's because there's not school shootings where you no, are from. No, yeah. Uh, but that would not that would not have flown in an American school. No, this, this is a country where you can buy bulletproof backpacks. Yeah. Back to school. Protect your back with a bulletproof backpack. Keep you and your math book safe. Yeah, like, where they're now giving advice to teachers about how they can use their masks to stuff a bullet wound. Wow, fuck me. This country. So, (laughs) Fran goes into Chester Miffield's office and reveals that she's marrying Danny. Maxwell doesn't take very kindly to the fact that it's Danny who's doing the proposing and that she's accepting because Danny is a garbage person. Cece is also oh, here. Cece's so jazzed. She is so happy. She immediately begins singing. She's doing she, the, uh, she's a jolly good fellow. She doesn't start singing that till later, but she throws okay. a paper up in the air and starts like chanting and yelling. Yeah, and, like she is so happy and spends the rest of the time just, just cheering. Yeah. While Fran uh, breaks it to Chester Meffield that she has got married and yeah. how uh, he seems to be hurt because he's Danny was such a piece of shit. But if Fran's forgiven, then I, I don't understand why Chester Meffield has any reason to be upset. Yeah. And uh, Chester Meffield kind of like composed himself. He even like is congratulatory. They shake and hands. They shake hands. He offers to uh, pay for the honeymoon, which she immediately confuses and thinks that he wants to join. It's great. Like, hey, could I be a third? It's like, you don't even need to set up the, the OK Cupid profile. I've got this. <laughs> and it's just the fact that she's so down with it of like, oh, yeah, that's unusual. But I guess I could ask. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Danny won't have a problem with, uh, you know, he's going to have shit he wants to do. And I'm going to have uh, shit I want to do. And hey. Your shit. Chester Redfield also asks Fran if she wants him to be there when she tells the kids. And that is her realization. Like, oh, I have to tell the kids. Yeah. Immediately. And part of the weirdness of it, and I get that it's like because of a TV show and, and stuff. It all seems very sudden that she is just immediately like, she doesn't even have a ring on her finger. Yeah. And is like, oh, yeah, you're moving out. You're leaving. It was like, are engagements like 
those those take some time. Yeah. Those take some time. She could still be working for a bit. Yeah. She doesn't have to leave now. No, but uh, it's more dramatic if she's leaving now. Yeah. She goes to the kids with Chester Merfield. Uh, Cece is there opening, like, corking open um, a bottle of champagne. And uh, she says, hey, you remember Danny? He's getting married. Uh, and we're all invited. And Brighton says, wow, who who agreed to marry that loser? Yeah, like Maggie uh, has like, oh, do you, when Fran's like, oh, do you remember Danny? He's like, oh, yeah, that two-time and sheet. That piece. The garbage boy. Yeah, that shithead garbage boy. And basically repeating all the things that, like, Fran has told yeah. them about him and now she's having opportunity like oh yeah it's me marrying him it's great uh which obviously the kids are not happy about um first there's a bit of confusion like uh maggie seems to get it like it gets it first then brighton uh gracie is the one who's a bit confused at first well this is going to be a problem Closet's barely big enough for your clothes. He's not moving in with her. Well, that's not going to be much of a marriage. <laughs> that's when Brighton breaks it to her of like, no, Fran, Fran is leaving. There is a scene later where the kids are talking to their dad about how sad they are that she's leaving and how, uh, is there anything that we can do? And Brighton says, can't we offer her more money? Brighton. I have, it didn't work. <laughs> And but then Maxwell also says that you know we need to be supportive. This is something that Fran wants, and we have to support her wants and needs and the life that she wants to have. And we have to be, you know, we have to not suck. And it's 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 very easy, it's easy to see that in this moment everyone is really hit by the idea of Fran leaving. Like we've yeah. had this is episode twenty one. This is ostensibly a season finale. This could, if the show hadn't been renewed, be a be a, a serious finale. Yeah, and th- this is very much of them coming back around to. I mean, kind of the core premise of the show is a very like, oh, this is a job that she's like took out mm. like out of the blue because she didn't have any other. She was out on her fanny. She didn't have yeah. like another uh, choice, and this is. Franny's choice. This is something of like, okay, well, those things are back now. The stuff that you had initially started the the series wanting uh, now is in front of you, but you have to give up this thing that you've had in the meantime. You have to give up the things you have learned and the life that you have acquired over the last 20, 21 episodes. Yeah. And it's also like for everyone else, it's kind of like what they have acquired and kind of learning to appreciate her and like everything that she does. And they definitely have by this point all figure out like, oh, Fran helps us so much. Fran does so much for us. But this is the point of like, but she deserves to have her own life. And we are not providing that. For for them, and particularly for Brighton, like Brighton is the the most vocal about this. This is someone who for them has become family. They've had this void in their life of... You know, their, their their mother passed away. For Maxwell, his wife passed away. And Fran has in many ways kind of earned their love and respect and trust. And we've seen over... Like, there have been multiple episodes this, this season of, you know, Maggie bonding with Fran and Gracie bonding with Fran and Brighton bonding with Fran. All these different ways that, you know, Fran has kind of connected with these people. And we've also started to see the beginning of the do they like each other rom-com aspect with with Maxwell and even Niles like Niles as well he has that moment with uh, Maxwell in his office where he talks about Stephanie who was the house cleaner and how uh he fe- you know he 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 loved Stephanie and he never had the courage to tell her and no one in the house knew and Maxwell goes well actually we all knew we were taking bets <laughs> but he but but 
but him lamenting the fact that he wished he'd said something because then his life now might be different. And it's very clearly, you know, it's not subtle at all that this is this is Niles trying to let Maxwell know that if he doesn't say something, he's going yeah, to Yeah, because it's, it's definitely a place where everyone's kind of realizing that they're all kind of going through the motions yeah. of, well, this is, the, this is the respectful thing to do. Of For Fran, this is where she had expected her life to go. She expected to marry Danny and working in the bridal shop. For Maxwell, it was like, they were going to hire a nanny. He's used to hiring a nanny. They're there for a bit, and then they hire someone else, and it's just a job, and it moves yeah. on. And, like... They're all just going through the motions of it, and none of them are really thinking beyond what they actually want. The only person who is thinking what they actually want is Cece. Oh, this is this is so once happy. again a time for Cece is right. Cece knows what she wants, and she's going to get it. Yeah, she's again. There's there's no subtlety. <laughs> so it's time for Fran to go. She le- she's coming down the staircase in the the fur collar outfit she wore in the very first episode. Yes, the one that's also in the title sequence, but is in red, not black. And she's carrying two bags, a small bag and a large bag. Uh, Niles offers to help her. Uh, she's like, yeah, take my makeup bag, which turns out to be the larger, more heavy bag. Good bit. Very funny it's bit. very good. Um, and Niles has some great physical humor of yeah. like, just like uh, reaching for the smaller bag. She hands the larger one and he just like. Immediately slumps down. Yeah. It's great. And then Danny shows up. Danny's parked out front. He's ready to go. Yeah, like He's announcing himself parked. by like do, like loudly honking. Oh, fuck that. Like it cuts off. Like uh, the Fran is trying to have like a like a nice goodbye yeah. with everyone. Um, is like this is kind of like their their final thing. And I'm just like, yeah, so good. And then Danny interrupts by like honking loudly. Yeah, it's the powder blue van with Danny's Parisian brides for less printed on both sides. Oh, thank you. We could have been wandering around out there for hours. <laughs> and then Danny's just being a piece of shit and is like, come on, wrap this up, let's go. Yeah. Um, Cece's also there. Like she's very much like, hey, come on, kids, let's all get the bags so we can help them go. And that is, if anything, a great moment. Uh, to show how much uh, Niles and Fran mm. are like kind of bonding because they're both on the side of like whenever CC is saying anything, they immediately have like a quip about it. Yeah. And just showing like, oh yeah, they also have a very strong relationship yeah. that is ending. Oh, I'm going to buy you a whole new set for the honeymoon. These bags are so old. Takes, Takes one, one to, to know one. one. <laughs> Jinx, buy me a Coke. Oh, you scarecrow. I'm going to miss most of all. It's unsaid in this episode, but Fran's style of nannying in that she is actually not a nanny is exactly what this family needed. And now they are likely going to have to hire... There's even this... Like, Maxwell, we see the tail end of him interviewing a nanny, and he says, well, her hair's too small, and she doesn't have a sense of humor, and um, she wasn't even in uh, Spinal Tap. She wasn't even in the movie... So what's the point? Wait, you're making this up. No, but the, the, no, that's a bit in the movie. I mean, he doesn't mention Spinal Tap, but the rest <laughs> of it is there. Now what was wrong with her, sir? She has 20 years experience, speaks five languages, is a registered nurse. She had no style, no sense of humor, and her hair was oddly flat. <laughs> Fran has changed the way that they look at childcare in the Sheffield household. Yeah. In that you don't hire a nanny, you hire someone selling... <laughs> vaguely racist cosmetics (laughs) and it worked for them for 21 episodes she's gonna kidnap avon ladies yeah yeah this is it if she leaves it turns into a lifetime horror movie the front cover of usa today uh known play mogul 
Maxwell Sheffield arrested for kidnapping uh, cosmetics women. Do you think in the reboot of this, uh, uh, Fran would be selling LuLaRoe leggings? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like that at all. Uh, <laughs> so Brighton gives Fran a piece of his mind and says, just basically, like, let's rip and says, you know, you're abandoning us. We don't want you to go. It's not fair to us. And then that's when everyone else starts to kind of pipe up and say, yeah, like, we're not happy. We're sad that you're going. And Fran, Fran is upset about this. She said, why you? I'm, I'm not even gone yet. And you're telling them to lie about their feelings. And that's, that's bad parenting. All right, it's true. The children will miss you. I'll miss you. But you've made us all so happy here. We, we just want you to be happy now. I don't want to go. And the thing that has been Fran realizes that this is her happiness. Like this, this family mm. unit that she's found. This is where her happiness. There's also is. like uh, I don't want to forget. Gracie had a poem. Gracie had a poem. Gracie. It's a little acrostic. <laughs> yeah, a little acrostic. F is for the fun we have together. R is for the rummy that we play. A is for the answers to my questions, and N is for the nasal things you say. <laughs> So good. It's so, so good. And it's also so like, I was just waiting for it because in the whole bit where they're like uh, kind of talking, Gracie's been handed a little yellow paper and she's mm. just kind of standing there waiting for her cue of like, okay, I need the people to stop talking because I have my bit that I got to say. Uh, and she, she reads it and you just see her smiling offside of whoever was like in charge of telling her what the thing is. She just like, was like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> like not interacting with anyone was like, oh yeah, I got this part. And I was like, I did it. I did it off screen person. Yeah, she gets a Rice Krispie treat. Um, I hope. So Fran realizes that she doesn't want to go and tells Danny, I actually don't think I'm going with you. And Danny says, oh yeah, well, what if we have a gross sloppy makeout in front of all of these children? And they do that. And she says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. He says, I'm good at that, right? I'm, go I'm good. I'm a good, a good kisser, good sloppy kisser, man. And she says, yeah, I don't want that yeah. anymore. I don't want these. And then Danny immediately turns around and asks Cece if she wants it. There is a bit of, it's because it's Fran realizing that Danny is an idiot. Yes. And asking her, I was like, oh, is he, has he always been this stupid? And I was like, well, no, you've grown. Yeah. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. She even <laughs> says that. I've outgrown you. Yeah. Which I would somewhat disagree with. I don't feel like growth is necessarily the right term for it. It's not like, uh... I feel like with some of the things, like the mention of the restaurant and stuff, the implication that like, oh, Fran has finer taste now. She doesn't want like gross shit. I'm like, no, she is generally the same. She has the same yeah. taste the whole way through. The thing that has grown is her like awareness of what she deserves. Yeah. And an awareness that she doesn't have to just follow this like traditional line of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm 30 and I was dating someone. So we have to get married regardless of whether or not he's a piece of shit. Yeah. There is a bit I'm also remembering. So back when Fran was talking to uh, the kids and Maxwell, Fran is trying to like console them and say like, oh, well, I could like work for you part time. I could like work like Monday through Friday. And he's like, no, you are you are going to uh, not have a job. I don't expect you to work. And it's like, oh, but you're you expect me to work in the bridal shop. And he's like, oh, but I wasn't going to pay you. Yeah. And then he says he was joking, but you kind of get the feeling. That yeah. Because he he's like, oh, not. well, that's because I want you to be like a 
wife and mother. Like, yeah. oh, you're going to... The thing where it's like, oh, you don't have to work. You just have to take care of my every need and take care of the kids that I demand you have yeah. and, like, run an entire household. That's still work, That's buddy. more work. That's so much work. Yeah. So she kicks, kicks him to the curb. He's uh, <laughs> out on his Danny. And uh, I feel very proud about that one. Are you proud about uh, that one? Cece runs out and is... I'm, I'm not proud of it. Okay. <laughs> Cece runs out um, and is like, oh, we can win her back. We can get her. She needs a new car. We'll do it. I'll pay for everything. Yeah. Maxwell says, welcome back to Fran, even though she technically never actually left. Maxwell says, we'll go out for dinner. We'll go to the Four Seasons. My treat. Fran says, actually, it's my treat because I've still got that honeymoon money. Yeah, it's like a little bit of ridiculousness at first because like... Uh, he says, like, oh, it's my treat. And Fran's like, oh, no, it's my treat. And he's like, no, it's my treat. He's like, oh, I got it. And, like, the kind of implication is, Fran, you can't afford to take a bunch of people out to the Four Seasons. And that's when she's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to use the honeymoon money. Also, I'm not giving that back. I have embezzled money from you. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to have me on payroll. And that's kind of the end of the episode. It ends on a very quick freeze frame. And then uh, over the end credits, we get Fran on a plane somewhere. We don't really know where. And uh, she finds the uh, uh, like a programming commissioner for CBS in first class and talks about her, she thinks that her life as a nanny would make a great, great sitcom, and then recites verbatim the lyrics. Yeah, which the this, is the, this is like one of the top things that makes it seem like it is a, this is a season finale because this is the actual real life starting point of this series that she was on a plane, realized that she was set, sat next to um, an executive for CBS and was like, hey, I want a show. Yeah. You should give me a show. Uh, she didn't have the premise for the nanny yet. She, but they set up a meeting. Yeah, they right. set up a meeting. Yeah. And then from there, she was like trying to come up with a premise for the show and then was in London, came up with the yeah. whole thing. But that's... This is this is a a reference to how she got this show made. Yeah. That whole sequence is. I mean, it's not funny. It's just for them. Yeah, it's just for them. I mean, um, the the only funny bit of it is like her being on a plane and she's like she's just reciting the actual song yeah. lyrics. So it's just like a little like diegetic reference yeah. to that. But it's the humor is for them. Of we know how this was how it happened. Yeah. Bing bong, end of episode. Um, so what did you think of uh, of Franny's choice? I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think that it's like, it's one of those episodes that like, when they started it, this was definitely like something that they had planned. Yeah. There's so many little references to like from the very beginning of the series, mm. uh, even just we'll talk about fashion stuff and the clothing stuff but it's like a it's a story requirement in some sense mm. but i feel like it's done very well and it's kind of it's paying off a lot of what they had yeah done over these previous episodes it does make me kind of sad that like the way that this works because they have like a mother's day episode they have to push to mother's day that this isn't a season finale because yeah. it it's a it season finale. Been, yeah. It's it, it is an end point. Like if this was if they only ever got one season, this would be a, a fantastic series finale. Yeah. Just knowing like then you know that she continues on with her adventures. But this is a this is a turning point. This is this is how you kind of legitimize having additional seasons of this yeah. show. Of uh, she's not just doing this because she was out on her fanny. She's doing this because this is her family and this is her chosen family and this is where you kind of make a stand on yeah. that yeah i i don't know that i liked the episode i don't think i disliked it it isn't it is an episode that you kind of if you're ending your first season you kind of have to do this episode mm -hmm. this episode's kind of it's kind of a narrative requirement you kind of have to do this episode and that's fine and it does it well 
Mm. Um, I think the fact that it is a narrative requirement means it, it, there's an element of predictability that I feel kind of pulls away from the experience as a whole. I don't know. I, I, it's, I think it's middle of the road for me. Like, yeah, I feel like that kind of makes sense. And that yeah. like, I, and I feel like this kind of like separates the difference between if you're just like watching it versus if you're watching it as a, as a fan. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching it as a fan, it's like, oh, here's like a payoff of things. When it comes to just like an episode, do I think this is one of their best episodes? No. I feel that this is a story episode and kind of the thing with sitcoms is you can be there for the story or you can just be there for the writing of the hijinks because generally with sitcoms, even when there is a, sto- a story going through, things aren't actually there to change. It's not really about yeah. the story. So if you are there for the like how they go through sitcom hijinks, this is a pretty skippable episode because yeah. it's very formulaic. If you're there for like the, the narrative then this is an important episode. Yes. So it really depends on the way that you're watching. Yeah. The thing that I like about the episode that makes me happy about it is that there's so much of a, there's a payoff after watching it through the entire time. Yeah. And it's kind of, re- it's rewarding you for being a yeah. fan of the show. Absolutely. But that that's not really all that much above a family guy. Here's a, here's a reference that you know of that kind yeah. of humor of like, we just have it there. It's not like, it's just an internal version of that. Yeah. So callbacks, I think they're called. Yeah, it, like it's just a lot of callbacks, and yeah. unless you are like a fa- like a fan of it or have that emotional attachment, yeah, yeah, I I think that I think your assessment of it is fair, and I think my assessment of it is yeah. Fair. I don't think you know I don't think our particular assessments are at odds with each other. I think it's the conclusions that we've come to. Yeah, which is that you know I think you like the callbacks. I think you like that it's re- it rewards someone who's been watching up to this point, whereas I feel like. The callbacks are callbacks to things I've already seen, and the plot is because it because it is predictable. I don't feel like I need to watch this one. Anymore. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's overall safe. Yeah, um, safe is definitely the word I would use. Yeah, again, the format of a sitcom, they have to rely on whatever, even like big narrative things like this. They kind of have to re- rely on the idea that someone will never see this, but continue to watch episodes of the show. Yeah, so it can't. Be, it can be important. It can't be that important. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that is important is the fashion of this particular episode. Would you like to talk fashion for a moment? Yes. So again, this is a lot of greatest hits kind of fashion. Uh, I mean, the first thing that you notice is isn't even uh, fashion worn by Fran. It is fashion worn by Maggie that is uh, Fran's jacket that she's going out and from there it's again it's a little note of how fran has impacted maggie's life to the point of like when she's going out dressing like fran is something that makes her feel confident that makes her feel good that is a change from her where like in the first episode where she's like very nervous and shy um and wouldn't go out and now she's like all raring to go and being like a typical teenager and that's wearing uh the bold because that's also she's it's a bright red jacket which is not in the color palette that everyone else is Mm. like supposed to be wearing from the very beginning is is that an outfit that she wore earlier in the season as well yes yes yeah it's uh, specifically like one of her like uh red red blazer like a black lapel like it's one of the, one of those early looks, and it's yeah. something of like, oh, this is very clearly Fran's thing. It's like a very visual marker of here's how Fran has impacted you. Yeah. The next look that we have is when she go when Fran goes to see Danny, and she's wearing like very like vintage style, 
off-shoulder uh, pe like pencil dress that mm -hmm. goes like kind of below the knee, black and white, and it has like red buttons on it. Um, and she has this very large, it's like a beret style, but it's a very like thick mm. uh, beret. And it's also very large, but like yeah. it kind of looks like a sun hat, but the way that it's like folded, you can tell that it's kind of like beret style thing. It's very much like a vintage glam thing. Something that I thought was interesting of this is that it is, it's keeping with a very traditional color palette that I feel like when you're thinking of Fran's colors from the show, mm. you think of like black, white, red. Yeah. When you actually watch the show, that's not the case. She is wearing neons all Greens, of the time. Purples, Greens, yellows, oranges, magenta, all sorts of colors. Yeah. But when you think of it, and part of it is the, the opening sequence, yeah. you think of black, white, red, and leopard print. And so the costuming throughout kind of like, it does stay with that a lot. Yeah. The other one is obviously at the at the end when she is leaving, she's wearing the same outfit that she like came in with and she's she's going down the stairs. Yeah. The only thing that they could have done more with is like if they could have found a way to bring back the red sequin dress that she wore that mm, first episode. Yes. If they like have her wear the exact same thing, but something that is kind of a nod to it. Just because overall there is so much in the costuming here, where it's like you are making a lot of direct mm. callbacks to her. You're making direct callbacks to like the opening of the show. You are you are very much keeping with the original core concept yeah. of like who this character is. And then the only time that it's that it's different and it goes back to like, oh, here's what actually Franz wears, which is neon is on the plane yeah. where she's wearing this like very neon blouse with like a leather vest over it. I think so, yeah. Um, and I honestly feel like they had her in that because it is like, it's great, I love it. It is slightly garish and particularly if she's like bombarding someone on a plane yeah. with it, it very much it's reads like, yeah, it reads as, oh, hey, you're gonna be stuck on this plane for hours with a very obnoxious person. Yeah. But I feel like the other, it, it's keeping it for Fran, it is subtle. It's not the stuff in subtle, but overall the costuming is very like mm. iconic looks. And yeah. it's all about making her look gorgeous because that is why everyone will miss her. Yeah. And we get a little bit of that with Maxwell as well, because not only does he have his kind of blue blazer shirt and tie look, we do see him in his black producer's turtleneck with the the weird, that weird gray, uh, not gray, that kind of green utility pocket jacket that he has mm -hmm. which we don't we don't see very often on the show but i think we see a lot more in this first season than we see going forward usually they the show puts him in suits but that's an outfit that is kind of very evocative of the first season uh and it's just it's all very muted even when fran is in like black and white and very like stark colors everyone else is very muted so they yeah. won't they won't go for a true black thing this was something that reminds me of when i was in art classes of there tends to be a hesitancy when you're like an amateur person of you'll go for like grays and more muted stuff. You have a fear of going for full black. Yeah. And that's kind of something that was like, they wear khakis and some like, some grayish blues and some olives. It's very simple kind of flat colors. Yeah. French black. Anything else on the fashion front? Yeah, I mean, that's that's all. And again, a lot of it is stuff that we've already seen. Yeah. Uh, so it is kind of a callback, but I I like it in the sense that it's it's not just a callback for the sake of callback. It's a kind of a narrative thing. Yeah. Where it's it's telling me a lot about where these characters are at the moment. Because even then, Fran's stuff early on, because she's also going back into a headspace where she was very early on in the series, what so makes sense that she's going like into those early uh, outfit choices. Yeah. 
So, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching I Don't Remember Mama. It's Mother's Day, and Maxwell tries to avoid all mention of it to avoid upsetting the children. Meanwhile, Grace and Fran... Oh, it's Grace. It's not Gracie in this. Meanwhile, Grace and Fran enter a mother-daughter beauty pageant. Perfect. I wonder if there will be any trauma in this episode, Benjamin. Oh, will it be easy and simple and not at all triggering for me to watch? Ooh. Oh, that would be great. Oh, a whole dead mom episode. Ooh. Very exciting. Oh, it's the time of year for it as well. Yeah, it's oh. a great, great timing. This is a great, this is great timing for listeners who may or may not be aware. My mother passed away at the beginning of September in 2014. And then my dad passed away about a month and a half later, uh, towards the end of October in 2014. Uh, so it's a rough time of year for me. Yeah, it's sad, Ben. This hours. is the good time for me to watch an episode about a dead mum. This is when Ben gets to be Gracie. Yeah. You get to be Gracie. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. The, the, recording this episode, there's been a certain amount of anxiety. It's not something I, I enjoy experiencing, but I've gotten through it. It's not because there's no dead mother stuff on this one, but I'm just anxious generally. So we'll push on. Uh, we'll be get back next week with a brand new episode of Out on Her Fanny. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, do please let your friends and family know. Talk about us on social media. Uh, little baby independent podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth. And we would certainly appreciate yours. Mandy, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Mandy Quesadilla on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Great. And you can find me, I'm at Ben Padden on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, where can we find our dumb little show on the socials? Um, you can find it at Out on Her Fanny. And you can also find our website at oofcast.com. That is O-O-H-F-Cast.com. Yeah, and uh, if you're interested, I did a webcomic many, many years ago called Jump Leads. It is a sci-fi comedy about two trainees and a self-appointed reality police who get stuck traveling through the multiverse, pinging to random dimensions. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do. I would encourage you to check it out. The whole thing is available to read online for free at jumpleads.zone. That is J-U-M-P-L-E-A-D-S dot zone. I bring it up because... I am planning on doing something new with it very soon, and I hope to have an announcement to share. So do please yeah. check that out. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that could be a correlation between this and the nanny. Because whenever I try to shout something <laughs> else out, I try to like relate it to this. So what is that as a as a creator, creator and discoverer of Jormplads? Um, <laughs> how does it relate to the nanny? One of the characters has a dead mom. Ooh. One of the characters has a dead mum. That's not nothing, right? <laughs> That's something. Uh, you did that before. That was something that you could relate to a character yeah. with. Yeah. Wow. Some some ch ch, -ch changes. Uh, in the I think that character <laughs> killed your mom. Oh shit! Oh no, <laughs> Meanie, why would you do this to me? Um, in any case, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Out on Her Fanny. The podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina. vagina. Grand Geek Gathering